Can you believe that cloud kill? These guys are unbeatable. I'll admit I had my doubts, but the Fallow Crown truly is the right team for the job. How with the haste is a ridiculous combo, and he took that destiny bond like a champ. I guess the only question left is, what now? Right? Like, this didn't really point them in the direction of the Darkwood. Not really. It's like one of those things they used to mislead you. A red herring. No thanks. I'm on a beef cleanse this week. Right. There were plenty of allusions to death, and it's clear that the Dread Council and their subjects are unwilling members of the Undying. But the Pale Bastion does not appear to be the source of the Darkwood. What's your take, Rust? Squeeze me off a loaf of that noggin log. Rusty? Hey, bud. He's talking to you. Warren. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. The Dread Council has fallen. The Fallow Crown stands victorious. But over what? What greater threat lurks in the shadows to come? There is no way of knowing. And while these legends have certainly earned their day in the pale false son of error, their fate is unknown. God, Rusty. Way to fart out our birthday candle. We're trying to celebrate here, right? Way to be a negative Nelly about it. How dare you? Nelly is a delight. You know what I meant. These are the facts. It's our job to report them. I'm sorry if the truth is too much to bear. Hey, let's let's get back to the action, huh? I think we could all use a breather. The Fallow Crown, most of all. Who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested, and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android, or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. A noxious fog settles in. Corpses fall and crumble to dust. You stand amid the devastation of the Dread Council, and footsteps approach. Immediately turn to face, rapier of wit still gleaming with arcane energy in my hand. You see a man in funereal garb, his face clad in a white mask. Behind him, the cartographer. Do not fault them. They are ancient and afraid, mired in their prophecy and their hatred. I do not believe you are the scion of true death. Too much life in you. Too much love. But if it's not Papa, then who is the scion of true death? Oi, who owes me a good few answers? I do not believe it exists. I do not believe there is a true death. I imagine a world where this... He gestures to the Pale Bastion in its totality. This is how we all end. Quiet, restless, and alone. That is why I celebrate life. I did not think we would see you again, Grand Celebrant. It's strangely comforting in this horrible aftermath. <laughs> Grand Celebrant. I suppose I am now. He looks at the empty armor of the council. I warned them, you know. I tried so dearly to stop them. But the pale omen will not be ignored. Will you be trading in your mask for a crown? <laughs> Absolutely not. Does that mean, um, 
Hal kind of gestures to the body of the lich that's next to him. Can I, uh, can I make some finger motions? Like, can I loot the body? Would that be disrespectful? <laughs> the dead have no use of possessions so long as they did not value them in life. I loot the lich. You find a tattered brass crown, costume jewelry, broken armor, nothing of value. Kespar is going to join Hal, take some spears, and then turn the armor and spears into kind of just like a, like a flag or a banner that you can jingle for a parade. That way the death celebrant has something to parade around. They ruled this place like a fief, something that they could command. But one does not command death. One serves it or suffers it. I will bring this place back to what it was always intended to be, a celebration and a place of rest for those who seek it. If you should ever seek rest, join me here. You will have a home, though perhaps, he looks at Iabos, not the one you wish for. The fate you describe is much favorable to the one that they presented to us. But I'm glad to hear you say that you do not believe that I am the scion of true death. You would think a scion would know such things if they felt poison in their mouth. And it did. These poor souls. Thank you dearly. You have given them the end that they cherish, and in so doing, granted me the opportunity to return this place to one of celebration and peace. But know you that the end is coming. This is known, and as you leave, which you must, ask yourselves, how will you face it? He turns and begins walking towards the second lich gate. Wait. He turns. I think you know more than you're telling us. Do you know how this story ends? No story ever ends. Not really. We just choose when to close the book. And with that, he begins to dance to music that none of you can hear. The cartographer stands in silent meditation, staring down at a compass. We remain in your debt, cartographer. What is it you seek, I wonder? Hmm. My heart and my fate seek two different things. I have been told by higher powers that we are to seek the dark wood to destroy it. At least the source of it, the heart of it. But I've never really believed that that was what any of us would do on our own without a strong hand guiding us. And what is it that your heart seeks? The truth. The kind of truth that puts an end to years and years of wandering. Your daughter's hand finds your own, offers it a squeeze. Nothing is true, but there are frameworks through which we can make accurate predictions. I do not believe it is truth you seek, but home. And I admit, I have not been honest with you. I seek my home, but I can never go there again. Looking out upon this field, I know I was right to call you from the dream. I feared you would enter the pole of the tower. All energies are pulled toward it, the dream most of all. Aether is slower in its flow and there are vast reservoirs in the wastes. This creates rivers of aether which flow and join and separate all throughout creation. I ride these rivers to my destinations. I watch them, tend to them, redirect them. I am the cartographer, but that is not all I am. It is time I live up to my title. You know me as the skeptic. Oh, shit. I am the seeker of truth, guardian of logic and reason, and I beseech thee, scion of the unknown, lend me your aid that I might murder the one true god of error. My brother and I were born in the outer real. In those times the world was alive. Rumors spread of vast cities to the center and living gods in the wastes. Travelers came and went. Food and its growth could be counted on, and hope, above all hope, was in abundance. 
We knew Adenai was different from the moment he was born. Beneath this symbol on his brow, his golden eyes bore the wisdom of ages, his hands the wear of years. With his words, he spoke with the authority of a father. On the day of his blessing, he tended the fields. Wherever he strode, life blossomed, death abated, and joy lingered. And yet, he was not the scion of life, nor love, nor peace and prosperity. His tenet, as ominous and incongruous as his nature. In the beginning, there was nothing. When he was of age, we ventured out in pilgrimage to the tower. I, his archivist, our oldest friend Salamath, our hunter and field guide, for he was the scion of wisdom, of knowing. Our journeys were many and great. Together we became men. They became lovers, then soulmates, then husbands. For a time they lost their purpose, so mired in adventure and the love of their disciples, that the tower and its secrets became secondary to the mysteries of life. But I did not forget, and I would not let hubris sunder our quest. So, under my guidance and pressure, we continued, into the heart of the inner real. There the world grew harsh. The joys and beauties of the outer real gave way to barren wastes and sucking marshes. The frigid winds alone nearly drove my brother to madness. Civilizations and weathered cities crumbled into dust. The world rotted. And we could not know, then, that that rot would spread. We could not know that we looked upon our own future. In time, life grew so sparse that starvation was certain. Salamath begged us to return to the plenty of the outer real, that there Adonai might be blessed with a greater congregation and therefore power. Salamath feared to be forgotten, that Adonai's power would fade and the people would abandon their faith. He feared so much. <sighs> that is when we saw it, rolling out below the mountains at the edge of the world the black forest, and the tower. Faith restored, we plunged into the forest and began our journey inward. Salomath's skills and bushcraft failed him. We followed for days, only to return again to where we began. I posited that we might take the time to learn the secrets of the woods, that perhaps his wisdom did not apply here. In truth, I suspected he... I suspected he concealed the truth that he could not find his way. He refused, of course. He knew the woods of the world. He knew the ways of nature. He could and would guide us through. We were so busy bickering that we did not notice Adinai fading. At first his voice was firm and calming, breaking up our squabbles like a weary parent. But soon his voice began to shake, his eyes tarnished, and his power faded. Salamath decided to abandon our quest, that no secrets were worth this. I refused, as did Adonai. We continued, eschewing Salamath's earth law for my logic. But we did not find the tower. Instead, we found the heart tree, a great black monolith, gnarled and twisted. It was there that Adonai fell, a shivering wreck. He could never handle the cold. We set camp to tend to my brother, and in our dreams, a vision. A desolate world, shattered and barren. The tower in the void, a man at its centre. The souls of all things flowing into him, until the golden light shattered the tower, and the world was born anew. When we woke, Adonai was not himself. He could not remember his tenet. We fled the forest and found a small cottage atop the mountain, upon a vast plateau, home to a woods witch who was kind enough to grant us shelter. At and I recovered some, but was far from mended. I demanded that we return to the forest, that Adonai could repair while we sought the truth, but Salamath refused. He called me cruel, single-minded, heartless. I abandoned them, and sought the tower myself. So, perhaps he was right. But I never found it. 
and they never left that cottage. Soon disciples came, following rumours that Adonai, of the beginning, could be found atop the peaks, at the heart of the world. The old church was founded, believing that unifying all the souls of error, Adonai might renew the world and bring an end to the long death. They have committed terrible crimes in the name of his vision. Our shared dream, stealing away the blighted souls of science, silencing and imprisoning dissenters, forcing conversions and bloody crusades. But I have my doubts. I do not believe Adonai was the man we saw within that tower. I now believe that man was you, Iavos. And I also believe that the time has come to bring an end to the old church. So, the heart tree you mention, that is the true core of the dark wood? Perhaps. Perhaps indeed. We made you a promise, and it sounds like it aligns with the task we have been given. As far as any of us could predict anyway. We have no map to follow, so it is yours we must turn to. At least, it feels right to me, but it is not my choice alone to make. Looking to his friends. You know, Skeptographer, I've been a little confused so far about what my role in all this is. But you said something what rung true to me. You move rivers. You pass them from one place to another. Now, you may have been speaking metaphor, or you may have been, you know, talking big. But you gotta remember that all rivers empty out into the ocean, and I, my friend, am the fucking ocean. You are not wrong to say that rivers end in the ocean. But I ask you, what if there was a hole in the bottom of the ocean? Think that may be where I crawled out of. If you need to find your way back to it, I can seek us both there. And do you mean for us to plug up this hole? I mean for you to kill my brother. All other purposes are your own. How does that help us destroy the Darkwood, though? It does not. Got it. But it takes us closer. Does it? If you choose to aid me, I will bring you there. Ah. For the old church stands on the mountains above the dark forest. Well, in that case... I don't know if we could find it. It sounds like they had a lot of trouble getting to the Darkwood, and if they've been there before. I was going to say, as many things as we've seen the old church do, our quest isn't with them. I don't disagree this is the right thing to do, but we've been charged with the destruction of the Darkwood, not the destruction of the old church. And yet, that did not stop you from destroying the Council of the Dead. You have defeated the old church's greatest enemy. It seems only fair to even the scales. This would not be the first time I have traded murder for passage. But this is the first time that it's felt disheartening. Union Square, one murder, please. (laughs) (laughs) Wouldn't be the first time we've killed a god, either. (laughs) It's funny. I figured choosing between right and wrong would be easier. You know... I always found it's best not to think about it too much and just go whatever your gut feels right. That explains a lot. Your brother, you and he have been around for a very long time, it sounds like. Is there no hope of redemption and change? Is death the only answer? This I do not know. In my study, which is my tenet, I have not found an answer. The blighted are lost. Or were, until one encountered you. Any peace you can grant him would be appreciated. But I fear he will not comply. Well, let's keep our eyes open and our hearts open for hope. That in the face of whatever comes, there might be a light still there. That sounds like a good tenet to me. So it has been your intent to kill gods, perhaps in this task, because... It is your rune that seems to hold the power to do so in this place. This is not my rune. It is a modification of the original symbol. He draws the symbol of the All Church, the chevron pointing up. This indicates faith, the surrendering of oneself to the greater will. And he draws the chevron down, the chevron of the skeptic, 
This grounds us in reason and logic. It was always Adonai's intention for me and the scion of wisdom to serve as guides for the people of Era. But this, he taps your weapon. I do not know why it is here, for we first saw it in our vision. It makes sense to me. What greater weapon is there against the gods than the reason to doubt faith? Mm. So it's one trial after another in this place. As you say, Hal, this is not the task we were given, but one more bridge we must cross in order to get there. Wusha, bending down and picking up as many spears as he can carry, says, Ain't that just always the way with us, though? This feels different, though. All of our tests in all of our trials were to delight and entertain. And now we race towards a finality. As always, Papa, show me how to sow the fields, and I will do the work. And when we reach the end of the field, perhaps this will all be behind us. You take some time to rest in this field of death. As you rise from your rest, the cartographer speaks, going about his work. Most of the bodies of water follow the Aetherways. Beneath their flow, one must center their eye upon the innermost black of the tower. With practice, this meditative state comes easily enough. But we do not have time to teach you the secrets of the ways. Instead, I shall open a path. Be warned that once we enter, you must not allow your mind to wander. The ether is intoxicating. It is the conduit between the abstract and the real. Do not lose sight of your allies, and keep your thoughts on your destination, lest you slip away into lands unknown. The cartographer draws from his pack a backstaff, which some of you recognize as a compass-like navigator's instrument, used to determine the altitude of a celestial body. Yet its arms meet at odd angles. The measurements, he notes, do not follow any system you are familiar with, and it is not the sky nor any celestial body he measures, for indeed there are none in this desolate land, but instead the tower itself. From the earth, wisps of ephemera begin to rise. Few and sparse at first, they cluster together, forming an updraft, whose winds pull not at your flesh, but at your soul. You can feel it at the edges of your consciousness, a lifting, rising sensation. Thoughts turn to the winds and the birds as the undeniable directionality of the plane of error makes itself known. All things pulled inward and ever onward. The sky darkens as light, that constant, so precious and so true, loses its shape. Relationships begin to fade as the relativity of truth intensifies. Spirit now, no dream to speak of. Blissful, blessed spirit. Matter reaches out to make impressions upon your gossamer flesh. Your flowing arms wrap, eroding around mountainous bodies. The fires of your souls scorch the winds. Blood rises from your veins like smoke, only to fall in sanguine rains upon mounds of fertility, where life, strange life, blossoms and wars. The lands below are a map whose symbols eldritch lose all meaning. The map resolves, and matter struggles to assert. Which of you fall screaming from the sky? And by what means do you keep hold of your identity and your purpose? We're going to enter a skill challenge. Each of you explain to me how you keep your mind on your objective and how you prevent yourself from slipping free of the world of the spirit. Gaspar's task is quite simple. And so he will twirl in his fingers the first skeptic's dagger a reminder of the implications it once held, and now a reminder of the true intention of why it was created. This dagger must find a home. May I make a sleight of hand or acrobatics or... I like sleight of hand. What mental attribute would you like to use for that? Intelligence. Mm -hmm. I like it. Go ahead and roll. That is going to be a 22. That does not meet the DC. Ooh. You try to apply your logic, form thoughts around your task, but nothing applies. 
Your understanding of relative truth begins to slip, as does your hand and the dagger drifting farther and farther away from each other. We're fucked, boys. <laughs> How's going to do what he's always done when he needs to stay focused? He lets himself go into the zone. Single-minded, routine, no thought, just purpose. I like that. I don't know what skill to use, though, I will say. I'm going to go ahead and call that a performance constitution check. Okay. All right, well, that gives me plus 10 to the roll. So, that's the best skill challenge I've ever rolled. 26? That does succeed. Okay. The zone. You know, after 22 failed, I wasn't sure. (laughs) (laughs) The state of passive observation that the zone grants you is ideally suited for the ether. The nature of reality is irrelevant. All that matters is your goal. Nelly. Chaos clings to the contours of Nelly's mind like a wet bedsheet. Amidst this, she begins to take stock of who she is. I am Nelly Isadora. I have two eyes. I have two arms, two hands, ten fingers, and ten toes. I know who I am. As she counts off the various things that make up her body, I would like to roll perception. Excellent. I'm going to call that a charisma check instead of a wisdom check because you are literally trying to assert your own sense of self. Uh, I will happily take that. 31. That is a success. For a moment, you feel as though fingers might be rivers and toes might be mountains, but then they resolve back into something akin to what you remember. Humanity, after all, is as much a dream to you as anyone else. Wusha. Setting his arms to the strange flow and shift of this mercurial existence, Wusha is going to stay focused the only way sailors know how to, by repeating a simple work song. <laughs> Dip the oars to the old queen's north, we sail afar to a distant shore. I'm going to do a wisdom athletics check. Ooh, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Very juicy. Thank you. Given my history with skill checks, though, this is going to be ass. I am correct. I got a 13 total. That will not do it. I didn't think so. Your pitch falters. Your rhythm is meaningless in a land and space without time. And as you fall, the waters below reach up to grab you. Iavos. For 300 years, Iavos existed and walked through dreams. He knows how it feels to have his ego liquefied to be guided by hands of chaos and an infinite magical falling. But even with that understanding, this is new to him. And he reaches to the one thing he cares about more than anything else to guide him. Reaching out with magical hands to grip his allies by theirs, holding Opus against his chest, going to do a wisdom arcana check to hold my friend's hands. I like it. That's very good. With Opus, I get... And once a day advantage. If I could, yeah. I'm going to need it. 25. <laughs> that is a success. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Arcana bonus. And that does grant your two falling allies another opportunity to save themselves. Yay! We're still in the season. <laughs> <laughs> Gaspar. Since Gaspar feels like he is falling, he has to find himself once more. And realizing that usually the best way to take note of where you are is to try and then hide it away from others. (laughs) You can't hide if you don't know where you are, right? Um, This tower is staring down at him, pushing him away or pulling him towards an abyss. So if I may, I would like to hide myself and buy a few moments of time to recollect myself. I like it. A charisma stealth, if you are. That is very down. good. Dead on. Beautiful. Ooh, gotta go with the smallest die available. <laughs> Sneaking. That is going to be a 35. That will succeed. 
thinking with psychedelics, <laughs> you were able to almost literally hide your nature from the axis, as though you're not really there at all, and you reassert yourself in the stream of the aether. Only Gaspar can succeed a stealth check against reality. Wusha <laughs> <laughs> has peered into unwelcoming oceans before, more literal than the one he's in right now, but, you know, the concept's the same, right? He's going to try to look into these strange waters and find where it keeps its buoyancy. <laughs> Repeating to himself, Break your back, scour the deck, the coast is clear, the ship's a wreck. And make an insight check Hell into yeah. the water. I like it. No. <laughs> ten. <laughs> Fuck me. Poor whoosh. <laughs> oh, here we go. My only weakness, metaphysics. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god, how many do I have? Uh oh. <laughs> Don't say that. You will be taking 6012 psychic damage as your soul is shredded. Yeah, that that tracks. Two twelves and an eleven on the first three. I hate you. My this. dude's getting pitted. <laughs> Thirty-five. Five, yeah. Okay. One, two, nine. <laughs> Pendulum's kind of swinging back. Jesus. That is forty-seven psychic damage. There is no voice, no call from the cartographer, only a certainty of your approaching destination and the urgent need to disembark. It is here now. As you begin to descend, that the flow of the ether takes shape. The ephemeral rivers which rend the skies of error are populated. All around you, spirits, souls, the energetic manifestations of astral intentions flow in concert towards the center of all things. There, dominating your vision, is the axis. A pillar of wrought iron, pulsing, with each throb, the souls of the countless dead surge like blood to the heart. You escape the current only narrowly as the cartographer uses yet another instrument to pull you free of the ether. It is some time before your eyes and minds adjust to your surroundings. First to return is your sense of breath. Gouts of thin, frigid air fill you like jagged teeth. Eyes and sinuses fill with moisture which begs permission to freeze but this place is not quite so cold as that. The blur fades as the mountains manifest around you. You, even here among the peaks, are dwarfed in mind, body, and soul by the immensity of the axis. Among the rings of zenith, you have had little cause to grapple with the size of it. Even now, you struggle to gain grip and footing against so distressing a notion, for it defies measurement, defies definitions, and with all your experience and knowledge, hardship and triumph, you could not say with any certainty whether it is leagues away or so close you could touch it. A fog settles in at the tree line of a ring of mountains and carries over a black forest, too dense to penetrate with sight alone. And as your eyes follow the axis down, so much as any living thing can, a gentle taper can be seen before disappearing into the mists. Be wary, friends. One should no more stare into the tower than the sun, lest you suffer a blindness of hope greater than any darkness. Hey, bud. You doing all right? I'm fine, Dirk. I'm just tired. Got the no-sleepums, huh? That's the butts. You know what helps me? I'm sure you're going to tell me. I like to start with a nice tall glass of warm maple water. I find the syrup has a soothing effect on my restless mouth syndrome. Then I crank up my ambient noise band. Disorganized sound is the only way to get this booty poppin'. Then I- Stop it. Look, Chief, you want to saw a good log? You gotta suffer the slog. I said stop it. Stop your incessant chattering. Stop blathering on about the repulsive nonsense that occupies every square nanometer of your brain. Stop trying to make everything about your disgusting habits. Just stop. Hey, I won't let you talk to me that way, Warren. Not anymore. You were the one pushing us to be optimistic, slapping us in the face with your warm and fuzzies. Now all of a sudden you want to slip into something a bit more insufferable. 
So put on your pillow mittens and sock it to your favorite beanbag, right? Well, no thanks. If that's your attitude, you can pack your carpet bag and munch it. Because I hate to break it to you, I'm in charge now. And as much as I want you on that scry with me, I want the version of you that realized how much of a jerk he was. Not this day one dookie dribbler. You're right. I am? Yeah. I don't belong here. I don't know why I came back. I'm not doing any good for anyone. Hey, that's not what I meant. I I just... You were showing just how meaningless this all is. Goodbye, Dirk. And, uh, good luck with the show. You're, uh, you're gonna do great. Warren? We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Lucky for you, it's time for my break. All this torturing can work up quite an appetite. But with my busy schedule, I don't have time for regular shopping or meal prep. That's why I'm glad I use Factor. Fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted meals ready in two minutes and delivered straight to my door. 35 weekly options and over 60 add-ons to keep things interesting. You, you're a thin one. You'd probably like their calorie-smart options. Me, I'm building muscle. I love their Protein Plus options. Yes, you're right. The scheduling flexibility is amazing. If I want to change for as much or as little as I need week to week, it's fast premium options with no cooking required. Of course I have a deal for you. Head to factormeals.com slash theleague50 and use code theleague50 to get 50% off. That's code the League 50 at factormeals.com slash the League 50 to get 50% off. A deal that can't be beat. And speaking of being beaten, it's time to get back to work. Hi, I'm Madigan from Your Angry Neighborhood Feminist, a podcast that explores the world through a personal feminist perspective. Check out new episodes Mondays and Fridays for a wide variety of topics and news episodes. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Rage on. of the same old chanting, praying, and gestures of faith? Drop those dusty old gods and get yourself a new god. Come visit the Church of Letrasel, master of earthly delights. Warm up at our open bar. Sample our buffet of alchemical mind candies. Step up to the rail and put your donation in the tray as our priests and priestesses give you a sermon of the flesh. Or you can visit one of our one-on-one confessional booths to really get things off your chest. One-year membership to the church comes with weekly access to the sauna, the juice bar, and the oiled lust pit. Letracell wants to send your mind to new heights of bliss. They are a divine sexual entity with infinite, ever-changing, perfect genitalia. And your passion and pleasure give them strength. So redefine your faith. Open your heart and mind to the ways of earthly pleasure with the Church of Letracell. We've got thoughts and prayers. Hey, all you cuties. It's me, Law. You know, from the show. We're almost done with season two and there's so much change in the air, I'm basically speechless. I just want to take a second to say thank you to all of the fans who've been with us for a long time. Following as we bring you new episodes, hashtag every fucking Monday, talking to us about them, and sharing them with others. You folks are amazing, and I just can't wrap my head around it. I also have to thank our Patreon supporters of every rank. Without you, the show wouldn't be possible. And even now, it's still hard to make it happen regularly, but we're always doing our best. 
Our current legendary mid-roll teams are the Titans Rise, the Forgotten Legacy, the Ceaseless Horde, and this week's featured team, the Twilight Concord, with Maisie, Mike Gordon, Big Boy Roy, and Kaylin Oliver. To get a personal message right on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com and be sure to follow us on YouTube to see live episodes streamed every Monday night hosted by Dana. We're sorry we haven't been streaming lately, but if there's anything in particular that you'd like us to bring back, please let us know. We'll be recording Dungeon City later this week, and I can't wait to see how that goes. I'm pretty nervous for such a big genre shift, but it sounds like everyone's excited. Again, it's going to be recorded like a normal chapter of the podcast instead of live-streamed, so I apologize if that's something that you were looking forward to. That said, the story hasn't changed, and it's ready to be told. But that's enough out of me, let's get you back to the Battle Axis. Clump, clack, slosh. Clump, clack, slosh. Clump and clack and 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 slosh. When your time at sea draws far too long, you can always sing this special song, and your savior, he will come along. It's Captain Kegleg. When the sun beats down on your weary brow, and you can't tell the starbird from the bow, then you need an ice cold logger brow. It's Captain Kegleg. Don't let your time at sea make you miss out on the best things in life. Grab an ice-cold bottle of Captain Kagleg's Longship Party Lager and let the waves take you away. Captain Kagleg's Longship Party Lager. It's beer so good, I put it in me lag. At the cartographer's words, you rest your gaze from the existential quandary that is the axis. Vision gasps like lungs at the limit of their breath. Thirsty, desperate for context, substance, definition. And there, a breath of proverbial fresh air, stands the all-church. A voice, faint and querulous, objects at the sight. The all-church? The monument to the one true god of error? Impossible. Heroes to legends all, your eyes have been graced by breathtaking majesties beyond comprehension, witness to the abstract wonders of Abel, the harrowing architecture of the pale bastion, the mechanized marvels of Zenith. But this is different. The pale slate and veined marble of the cathedral before you was not carted from distant lands by worshippers millions strong, but instead hewn from the very mountain on which you stand. The stained glass beneath the belfry was not wrought of precious jewels, nor even by hands without equal. The ribbed vaults and flying buttresses are beautiful, of course, the labor and arts all worthy of praise, even high praise. But the highest? No. These are the works of hands, of flesh and bone. No magic has touched these walls, nor the bodies of those who crafted them, nor the supply lines, farms, lands, and lives that made this possible. No magic for this place is dead of magic. You can feel the crushing dryness of it, a desert unto the energies and abstracts of life itself. The pillars of reality that prop the arcane and the divine are cracked, at desperate risk of sunder. All that you carry is all that you have. Know this, they won't last long. Before the red lacquered doors, carven with images of the tower, and the ring of mountains that surround it. A pair of plated gendarmes stand silent and vigilant, but not hostile. The edges of their armor rusting gently in the harsh winds, their surcoat blazoned with arms long faded into obscurity by the harsh and unfiltered light of the false sun. The cartographer steps forward. I am the skeptic, burdened with truth. I come to whisper in the ear of God. The guards about face. Resting their finely crafted lucerne hammers upon their shoulders, they press into the doors which groan in protest before swinging wide upon the vast entry hall of the all-church. Black basalt and white marble checker across the floor. To either side are great staircases hewn into the mountain itself. The stair to your left carries a gilded sign which reads Habitatio, from which emanate sounds of life 
humble, unassuming. To your right, Sanitorio. From this can be heard distant screams, maddened chatter, wailing, moaning, sobbing, and violent. A helpless protest. The blight must be contained, or so the Gnostic would have people believe. But who, I wonder, draws the lines that divide the blighted from the blessed? And how many souls have joined their voices to this choir most profane? Fill your ears not with the weapons of the Scion suffering. The cartographer walks forward into the nave, and as you follow, the gates close behind you. Golden curtains cascade from a carven wooden ceiling, whose vast bas-reliefs depict the battles and adventures of the Messiah and his lover. Along the ground, basalt and marble rays spill out from the central crest of the all-church, encircled at distance by two rings of sanguine granite, a symbol of the inner and outer reels. At the far end, four stained-glass chevettes suggest the rising of the tower and Adonai within. At the center of these radiant panes is a pulpit of ancient wood, whose divine symbolism is lost upon you. A distant door closes. Footsteps echo through the hall as the Gnostic climbs the stairs to the pulpit to take his place as the voice of God. His crimson amice is drawn up, casting shadows across his pale face. The alb which enrobes his body is a golden yellow, fraying at the hem where earth has gnawed at the finery. Aubergine maniple and stole drape across his arms and shoulders respectively. Finally, his sanguine chasuble, both cloak and surcoat to the priests of the all-church, bears golden orphreys, like a coat of arms, a stylized rendition of the symbol of the all-church, omitting, of course, the chevron of the skeptic. Adonai, lord of error, was betrayed. When he commanded his brother and husband to serve in his name, to mete out his justice and speak with his voice, Merivec of the truth, abandoned his faith for jealousy, seeking instead to undermine the teachings of his only brother in the wake of such loss my love was lost, maddened, blighted. He fled before he could be brought to justice. I, pontiff and Gnostic to the one true God, serve faithfully. We were never meant to rule, my brother. We were never meant to command or speak with his voice. He tasked us with leading the people of error through a mix of rationality and faith. But he wished to be destroyed if he should ever become blighted. But you could not have that, could you? You could not let the end come for him. You had to seize your power. You tried to seize me, but I cannot be contained. There must be a change in this place. We have come to usher it in. You bring nothing but pain and death. The true nature of this world is one that I will bring into existence. The end is coming, and only Adonai, the first scion, scion of the beginning, can save them. But first, all must become one. I ain't no scholar, but it seems that the nature of all worlds is changing and shifting constantly. Look, buddy, our quarrel, it ain't with you, but we'd be happy to settle it. I did what I had to do. Adonai weakened. He needed power. He needed to be fed. To be whole. What do you mean, fed? It came to me, in my lover's voice. I knew what must be done. We all saw the unity of the golden light at the heart of the tower, and so I gave the blighted the blessing of unity with their God that he may grow strong enough to enter the tower and bring a new beginning. No. No, I cannot allow this to go on. Yavos, not Adonai, is tied to the tower. He strikes with the true death. I do not know what he is. It is not my place to know. But he will give my brother the peace he deserves. He will bring whatever fate awaits, be it beginning or end. This? This is your God now? I see. <laughs> I see. This withered creature is the adversary. The flesh of death 
the bringer of the end, and he, like all scions, must be made one. Only then will my love be strong enough to do his duty. Only then will my love be strong enough to do his duty. It doesn't matter what I am or who I am. You've built a world where people fear your faith. Listen to the suffering of your scions. This is a curse of a world you have made. They cry out to be consumed, as you do with every protest. Come now into the maw of God, and there you will find peace. Somewhere out of sight, a mechanism begins to turn as the seal of the all-church at the crossing of the transept splits open to reveal the horror of a fallen god. The reek of bone and bile overcomes you as the air darkens with putridity. The unctuous filth of it presses into you through clothing, flesh, settling into your animus, a sickness upon your soul. Bones stack in primitive ossuary, to honor the sacrifices of those the all-church deemed worthy. But it is not the gore of death that rends your sanity. The rusty tang of dry blood is no stranger, and death without pride or dignity is a fate you have accepted. It is the light of all things, the light which chills your hearts and quickens your pulse, the twinkling golden ephemera which flows like gauze and water, urges a scream or a curse from those of you which can find the voice. For suspended and drifting through the foul air are the eviscerated souls of the scions, shattered screaming vessels of forgotten divinity, trapped in protracted spiritual anguish as they are slowly consumed by the insanity of their one true God, the only blessed end, oblivion, from which none can ever return. Fallow Crown has come to the penultimate trial of their ongoing quest to eradicate the Dark Wood, and I am certain that I speak for all thinking creatures when I say, What in the sweet fucking hells is that thing? Freaking right? And did that papal prick say he's been feeding Thions to his husband? I know the quickest route to the heart is through the stomach, but that can't be kosher. To make matters worse, the Fallow Crown's energy readings are not looking good. It's like the juice that fuels their nukes and dukes is dwindling and the razor-sharp minds at the battle center can't figure out why. Theories suggest that proximity to the base of the Axis may be responsible. As long as Zenith has been here, we've been unable to approach the base of the Axis. Even probes and divination spells fail within a certain radius. This new information suggests that there may be some entropic force drawing the free-flowing energies from the air into the Axis, which could account for the overwhelming power required for its constant shifts and contractions. All I know is, the Crown was never going to walk away from this one unscathed. But now, I'm not sure they're going to walk away from it at all. What do you think, Dirk? Huh? Oh, yeah, I'd give it a 7 out of 10. On the bad scale? I'm sorry, fellas. I think something's up with Rust. Hey, I can't do this. I think he needs me. Here we go again. Sarge, please. Dirk, if you feel you have to go, then go. Just make sure you're not doing anything for him that he wouldn't do for you. Don't worry. I'm not. Oh, man, he's Dang. nuts. He's beautiful. <laughs> so are, are we just ignoring that he said, do my duty? <laughs> you will be fed to the great and all-powerful Sarlacc Will you will be slowly digested over a thousand oh. years I feel oh, so bad for the Scions I cannot wait to kick the god hole <laughs> <laughs> So, favorite moments? So, start with Law over here oh, I like no. that we're all like a little bit stunned right now <laughs> This is the like 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 quietest and most focused end role that I think I've <laughs> ever been here for. <laughs> I mean, it's the whole game show reveal of show me torturous consuming one god. <laughs> <laughs> and 
<laughs> no, the, there's this episode's been full of like so much like very heavy visuals and conceptual descriptions that I've just been kind of chewing on them the whole time and still having to play. I almost like responding. <laughs> right. Everyone's like, everyone's like, Hey, I almost, you're this thing. Just kidding. You're this thing. <laughs> Be like, I don't know what I am. <laughs> well, if it helps, they don't seem to either. <laughs> yeah, No one can agree. And they all seem pretty valid in their in- inaccuracies. So I guess we'll just find out. Um, <laughs> No, this one's just a lot that you want, and I enjoy the flavor quite a bit. Um, I'm really having a hard time with favorite momos. It's hard for me to remember that I have that I have to play characters in it too. Like I'll be reading the description until I'm like, "Cool, done." Oh, right, I'm a person. Oh, right. <laughs> Real things. I mean, I'm gonna go in for the skill challenge. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, I, the skill challenge has come so far since we we all started expanding on it and just like the high-mindedness of this one is very good for me that's the kind of shit that i i crave look zachary i (laughs) i'm gonna go with your voices because i i know you're you're fighting with your voice right now you mentioned that this morning yeah but just like some of those lines had this velvety gravel to them i am shocked that the badness of my voice has only aided the voices that I'm doing. Like, it's perfect for each of these voices. I'm like, awesome, great, good. Yeah, it was just really, uh, it's hard, hard to explain, but it was, it was like like an encompassing, like, hug from a voice. Like, it was, <laughs> it was just kind of, kind of let yourself fall into it. I enjoyed it. Velvet Gravel is my stage name. <laughs> I did tell you to lean into your inner Tom Waits, and it seems like you, you did. seriously. <laughs> Man... <laughs> you're gonna ask Fucking... me for a favorite moment and there's a lot of exposition in this one yes and and just to give you a heads up that ain't gonna stop yeah no Whoa, i'm not i'm not really? assuming so it seems one it seems a little early to be like the exposition was my favorite some of the reveals were my favorite because i know they're just gonna keep coming mm. i'm liking the um feeding souls to the one god to you know i mean it's 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 very good Sometimes you're like, are we supposed to fight this guy? And they just give you a reason that's pretty unignorable. <laughs> right, yeah. I do. I do oh, you're awful. That. Oh, you're the worst. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fuck that guy. What popped in my head is if I had failed that skill roll, I really would have loved to be like, and I have, how many toes do I have? <laughs> I was waiting for you to go all AI toes. generator and be like, and 48 teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I have to preface what I'm going to say a little bit. Just, sure, just a sure. little bit. My name is Max Hobbs and I hate feet. <laughs> what a! I hate him a, so much. What a profile intro! Thank you. That's all in my bio. <laughs> Hi, Max. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> there is a certain just sense of satisfaction that came from Dana and Penny being Penelope being so excited about the fact that she had ten toes instead of two <laughs> hooves. <laughs> That I loved that. That was my single was favorite moment from it, the day. Look, after, it was a standout moment. We just have to kill a few gods, and then I get to go home and paint them. I get to buy socks. <laughs> Truly a blessing. Uh, my favorite Momo is the skeptics reveal. Mm, mm, that was very right? good. That was that's really that's cool. a good tying of uh, of some loose ends, a little bow on top. But I'm a little skeptical that it's true. Mm. You're skeptical. Uh, I, I did really like the structure of the like the the mythos of, of Adonai and Maravec and mm-hmm. like the, the story of how they both where they started yeah. and how they got to. That was a good story. Mm. Uh, I'm doing this thing now though where I only pick one favorite thing. Mm. It's brand new. Yeah. It's brand new. It's brand cool new stuff. I'm I'm a little disappointed that Max is. I like that Penny liked her feet. <laughs> I, yeah. Listen, no, no, no it's, come not, on. it's not. It's the like like. In that moment of chaos, in that moment of weird surging everything, there was just one simple little joy to be found. Sure, yeah, in the sure. of it, right? which is, that was like a cool grounding moment. Which is an extremely Nelly thing to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. When the skill yeah. challenge is, how do you ground yourself? It's the it's grounding in the ooh, I am discovering. Th- I am. I am on the ground it, with is, my feet. Okay. Um. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, Okay, I'm I'm already breaking my new thing. Uh, <laughs> all y'all's weird fucking skill rolls were amazing. Yeah, I was. We've gonna never say. done that before, and I'm like, yeah, this is the time to go. You all already in. covered the. He just said the <laughs> skill challenge is a concept, but like you know, yeah. specifically all the mismatched ability scores were 
wonderful. So I can't I can't blame y'all uh, y'all for not specifically latching onto any of the lines because let me tell you, I put work into making sure that literally no paragraph was without some fucking bangers, and mm-hmm. I'm like, they're not gonna remember all these. It's just gonna be like a lot of data, you know, like just too much influx of information. I will like say, say like, I, all I can do is just chew on it. Like uh, it's just yeah, a big yeah. mouthful. I will say I appreciated the I assume research that you put into for the proper names of all of the priests' garb mm-hmm. because I had no idea at any point what fucking clothing articles you were discussing. Uh, which is why I made sure that each one was followed with the part of the body that right. it covers. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, these are all technical names and I don't know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, any of you hardcore Catholics out there might have appreciated the effort I put into the appropriate vestments. Yes, Let's yes. hear it for seminary school. <laughs> yeah. Hardcore Catholics listening to this podcast <laughs> specifically. Are you ready for next episode titled God is Dead? I'll, I'll admit it's probably mostly recovering Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, the nah. next episode is probably deicide. Mm-hmm. Nah, those Jesuits, they play. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it has to be one word. My proposal for, for next episode, toes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Hediger the Editor, for editing this episode. Thank you, Bree Golden, for the map we are about to consume. Mm. <laughs> praying to at least, them now. At least we yeah. get to die a beautiful death. <laughs> and thank you to the fans for listening. This has been a long road. We got three episodes left. This is one of those three. So until we get to the end, I wish you luck. <laughs> <laughs>